Welcome to another edition of our Roan Infobytes podcast. I'm Claire Milligan, Marketing Operations Manager at our Biofarm Roan. And today I'm joined by Derek Findleton, who's a Senior Sales Specialist. Today we will be talking about the new changes in ochratoxin legislation. So welcome to another edition of the Roan Infobytes. This month we are joined by Derek. Derek, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes, my name's Derek Findleton. I've been working with our Biofarm Roan for 16 and a half years, primarily in the food and feed area, but more recently we've been looking at the clinical market too. Okay. So just as a little bit of an icebreaker, I normally like to ask our guests to share a funny story about food or share maybe um, information on one of the most memorable meals that you've ever eaten. Uh, I can tell you about a particularly funny episode from about the year 2000 when we'd been snowboarding in Andorra. Uh, It was the end of the holiday. We were particularly hungry and uh, waiting for dinner to arrive, which on this occasion seemed to be a very nice casserole served with vegetables and rice. And a friend of ours got tucked in and said, oh, the beef's particularly good today. And uh, we had to tell him that it wasn't beef, it was in fact horse. Uh, he had a bit of a tantrum at this point. <laughs> and uh, and then we pointed out that he'd quite happily eaten it for the previous six days <laughs> and we hadn't told him. I have to say I would be in agreement with your friends. I wouldn't be too keen on eating a horse either. Uh, it tasted fabulous. <laughs> was this bef- That was before the horse meat scandal? Oh, well before. Yeah, yeah. it would have been about 13 years before the, yeah, the, the yeah, famous so, scandal. <laughs> uh, yeah, some good times with the, the horse meat scandal uh, for our company at that point. It kept us busy. It did, definitely. But anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about today. Today we are going to focus on mycotoxins and in particular mycotoxin legislation. Um, you've been working in the food and feed industry, as you say, for 20 plus years. Um, first of all, before we sort of talk about the legislation in more detail, do you want to give a brief overview for our listeners on what mycotoxins are, where they could be found? Yeah, mycotoxins are a, a group of toxins which are formed by Aspergillus fungus uh, in circumstances where the, the right conditions uh, are, are available, which yeah. tends to be warmth and moisture. Um, they are. There are many different types, but they are generally not good yep. in that they are cumulative, and uh, they tend to be carcinogenic. So um, they they are nasty compounds, and that is why we have legislation for them. Yeah, yeah. And you know, briefly, what kind of commodities are covered normally by legislation? Uh, yeah, well, you'll have things like coffee, cereals, grains, fruits, dried fruits, uh, and spices would yep. be probably the most uh, the most common ones. Yep. So as you say, mycotoxins are controlled by European regulations, but there have been updates with regards to ochratoxin recently, um, just at the end of 2022. Are you familiar with these updates? Um, I knew there was an update coming. Uh, The majority of the uh, legislation that I'm familiar with is probably off the old document, which I think was the um, 1881-2006 document so um probably not fully aware of all the new changes yeah so um i have to say that there's been a lot of changes this time normally it's only a few commodities that have been added but i have my my list here because it's hard to remember there's a whole load of new products added okay um there actually have also been um levels for coffee which have been reduced so coffee i think was a um roasted coffee and soluble coffee it was at 5 and 10 ppb where now it's uh, 3 and 5 ppb so new lower levels there yeah but there have been a range of new commodities added as i say things like um marshmallow root dandelion root orange blossom um, and ginger root now are you familiar with all of those i'm not <laughs> no i mean um 
I'm an avid tea drinker, I have to say. So things like marshmallow root and dandelion root I've come across quite often in some of the teas, the herbal teas that I drink. So you can imagine um, quite unusual things there. Um, But we have also new levels for vine fruits, cocoa powder, uh, date syrup as well. Um, There are levels for pistachios and a range of seeds as well have been added. So things like sunflower and pumpkin seeds, watermelon seeds, hemp seeds and soya beans. It's quite a few. Yeah, definitely. Quite a a wide range of different um, commodities there. So... Could you explain how you think that might affect sort of customers and laboratories going forward? Well, I think the most difficult um, part they're going to have is making sure they have methods in-house which are capable of going down to the reduced levels. Yep. Um, obviously, the by the very nature of some of the commodities you've mentioned there, we're talking about complex uh, matrices. And so um, uh, definitely I would think an element of clean-up is going to be required. Yeah, yeah, I think... Um particularly with HPLC, um, you need to make sure you've removed all the matrix effects to be able to reach those the, the required LODs. So we have a range of immune affinity columns available for customers to help with this um, analysis. Yeah. Can you provide a sort of overview on the principle of immune affinity cleanup? Yeah, so immune affinity cleanup, we, we essentially use a, a small column which has um, antibodies bound to a gel. Uh, and the idea is that you pass your sample over that column and the uh, the analyte of interest is retained on the on the column. Uh, we then perform a wash step to get rid of any unbound, unwanted material. And then finally, using a, a solvent, we elute the sample off uh, and then you, you have basically a nice, clean, concentrated sample which you can then put onto your detection system um, for, for, for the detection. Yeah, and obviously suitable for HPLC and LCMS. Absolutely. Yeah. So our biofarm, we've been providing test kits for 35 years plus. But can you give what your experience and what you perceive as the benefits of working with us as a company and also with our products? Uh, Yes, I mean, absolutely. Uh, You know, I've been selling these products for a long time. The the immunofinity columns are reliable. They're robust. Um, But not only that, we are backed up by a very good technical support um, department. So they're able to help with complex matrices, with application notes. Yep. And uh, and I should imagine being valuable at a time where customers are hit with new legislations on new commodities and maybe, um, you know, may need a little help and guidance in uh, in doing those tests. Yeah, I mean, you've been out in the field travelling just as much as myself. And I think um, for me, it's invaluable being able to offer these application notes to labs to give them a starting point, a right direction to, to work with new matrices. It's very nice to know we have that back in the office. Um, obviously, we sell a lot of columns to a lot of customers, but very often we'll be hit with a question which we haven't got a clue about, and it may need some investigation done in the laboratory, but to have that to fall back on uh, is of great comfort to me and I should imagine to a lot of our customers. Yeah, yes. I think anything that can help reduce the validation or the amount of investigatory work that they can do, conduct is definitely beneficial i mean anything that saves time in this industry is uh, is generally well received yeah and as you see the, the range of matrices that are now covered there is no way every lab has the the time or the ability to be able to look at all of these individually so that's right um, yeah our technical team have been busy over the last few months looking at these methods they are good <laughs> yeah okay well thank you very much derek it's been good just to to chat to you about these new regulations i'm sure um we can help support customers, give them further advice going forward. Um, you know, 
what else can we provide to customers to help them transition at this time and to, to make sure they meet the, the requirements? I, I think maybe uh, supplying them with um, perhaps a nice poster with uh, with updated legislative limits on it. Um, we obviously supply application notes as we yeah. as we develop them. And generally, uh, staying in touch with customers is uh, is our bag. So uh, we'll make sure they're aware of any, uh, any limits changing. Yep. Perfect. Well, thank you, Derek. And that's it for another edition of the Ronin for Bite series. Thank you. Thank you.